Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Guillard, and every Saturday I'll be covering frequently asked questions as well as the history of the church, the Holy Land, the Bible, and or Bible prophecy. I pray that as you hear God's truth, that it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And I pray that you find the hope, joy, and peace that only the living God, Jesus Christ, can give. Be blessed. Freedom isn't free. We can never take it for granted. I thank God that I was born an American citizen and I can live in a country where there is freedom. As we celebrate the 246th birthday of the United States, I want to consider not just what our founding fathers set up America to be, but what they went through. Additionally, I want to show how freedom is very precious and we in America can never take it for granted. Let's dig in. First, of course, we can't do this without the Declaration of Independence and that was declaring our right to freedom, July 4th, 1776. I'm not gonna read the whole thing. If you want to read the whole thing, click on over to my blog and I've got a link to the whole thing. But the beginning, very important. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed people that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. And again, you can click on open my blog and I have a link to the whole uh, Declaration of Independence. So the declaration was signed by 56 men from 13 colonies. At the moment that this document was presented to the King of England, each and every one of them became enemies of the crown. The price of freedom. And here's a short summary of what their signatures cost some of them. Francis Lewis from New York. His wife was captured by the British in 1776 and later died as a result of her captivity. Lewis himself lived out his years in relative poverty, having sacrificed his independent fortune to the cause of patriotism during the War of Independence. Philip Livingston, New York. He and his family had to flee their home to escape the British Army and never returned. Lewis Morris, New York. His family fled the approaching British army, which plundered his estate, destroyed hundreds of acres of crops, and took his livestock. John Hart, New Jersey. 
Hessians destroyed Hart's farm, livestock, and other property. The hardships brought on by the destruction caused Hart's wife to become sick, and she died as her husband was trying to reach her. Hart was forced to flee into the woods and slept in caves when the British troops invaded New Jersey. His children were forced into hiding and sought refuge with family and friends. Richard Stockton, New Jersey. He was dragged from his bed by a group of royalists and imprisoned in New York, where he was denied basic necessities. He was finally released, but he had endured so much suffering that he never fully recovered. His fortune was nearly wiped out, his lands ruined, his papers and liberty were burned, library were burned, and his livestock seized. For a while, he was forced to depend on the goodwill of his friends for survival. George Clymer, Pennsylvania. His family eluded British soldiers who ransacked their house. Clymer was in Philadelphia during this time. When British troops arrived there, they found where he lived and started to tear the building down and only stopped when told the house didn't belong to Clymer. When William Ellery, Rhode Island, his house was burned down and the rest of his property was destroyed while the British army occupied Newport. Edward Rutledge, Arthur Middleton, and Thomas Hayward of South Carolina, all three were imprisoned in St. Augustine, Florida for almost a year. Thomas Nelson Jr., Virginia, he lost his fortune aiding the war effort and died a poor man. John Morton, Pennsylvania, on his deathbed, he asked those in attendance to tell his enemies, those who didn't forgive him for voting in favor of independence, that one day it would be acknowledged that casting his vote was the most important act of his life. Abraham Clark, New Jersey. Two of Clark's sons were officers in the army. They were captured by the British and confined to the prison ship Jersey, where thousands of American captives died. One was held in solitary confinement and given no food. Reportedly, Clark still refused to change his position and support the crown when the British offered to spare his son's lives if he did so. His headstone reads, firm and decided as a patriot, zealous and faithful as a friend to the public, he loved his country and adhered to her cause in the darkest hours of her struggles against oppression. That's from the fate of our founding fathers, American profile. Now, if you'd like to learn more about the truth of Americans founding fathers, um, there's a link in my blog to uh, TBN and watch the program Independence Day with David and Tim Barton of Wall Builders. That's an excellent, um, uh, a, Wall Builders is an excellent, um, they have a podcast and an uh, excellent website on the history of the United States um, the truth of the history of the United States and how it was based on um, biblical and Christian foundations. All right, and speaking of that, the separation of church and state. Now, the separation of church and state is not to keep the church out of government. It's to keep government out of the church. The First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States reads... Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. In other words, they, the founding fathers, saw what European countries like England with the Church of England or the Anglican Church and Spain with the Roman Catholic Church, what they were experiencing. 
They wanted to make sure that citizens in the United States were free to worship whatever religion they chose. Likewise, if they didn't want to worship anything, they were not forced to do so. Looking at Christian church history, once the Roman Empire fell, the church started taking over the military. Kings chose popes, popes crowned kings. The church and the state were inseparable. With each re regime change, Christians had to either adapt, adopt, assimilate, go underground, or be killed. Lack of freedom to worship as we please is persecution. Governments can easily take away our freedom if we let them. We saw that with the government restrictions on all religious organizations meeting in 2020 during the pandemic. Sadly, many religious institutions ended up closing and even some pastors were arrested. We lost our freedom to worship. Christian persecution, no freedom of religion. All we have to do is look around the world at Christian persecution today. The organization Voice of the Martyrs reports on Christian persecution around the world. First, let's go to Pakistan. And this is a quote from the most recent magazine of Voice of the Martyrs, as a quote by Cole Richards, its president. Pakistan is the world's fifth most populous nation. It has an officially Islamic system of government and 98% of Pakistanis are Muslim. Though it is accurate to describe Christians as second-class citizens under Pakistan's Islamic law, that phrase many under, may understate the severity of the oppression. I think I typed that wrong. Um, India. When we think of India, we think of Bollywood and tech support call centers. Nevertheless, Christian persecution is high there. Again, from Voice of the Martyrs. Radical Hindus violently oppose Christians throughout India, seeking to eliminate all witness for Christ and to purify their nation by making it entirely Hindu. Hindu extremists live in nearly every village and report on Christians making false accusations against them as well as assaulting those who refuse to return to Hinduism. Uganda. Here we see the steadfastness and bold faith of Jeffrey, a young man skilled in electronics. He learned about Christ by helping Christian gospel services. When his father found out, he beat and tortured him. After Voice of the Martyrs helped him, his wife and two kids resettle elsewhere, his faith is still solidly grounded. And I a quote um, from Jeffrey. I have seen the power of God in my life, he said. They took away the house and land and threw us out, but they cannot take away our Jesus. Wow. Freedom is not free. God gave us freedom of free will, but the devil is continuously trying to tempt us away from it. We have to work hard to keep it. So many people have died protecting it. And here's what the Bible says, Galatians 5, 1 and, um, and verse 13. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Verse 13, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. 2 Corinthians 3.17, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And Jesus said in John 8, starting in verse 31, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, 
you shall be free indeed. Our founding fathers studied the Bible. Prior to the first meeting of the Continental Congress, the founding fathers met for a prayer service and they studied Psalm 35. Now, since I'll be eventually getting to this Psalm in my Sunday Psalms series, I'll let you read it on your own. And there's a link in my blog and the link to my blog is in the show notes. But note the last passage, verse 28. And my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all day long. Now, here's a paraphrase of a quote from one of the founding fathers, it's, um, uh, Benjamin Rush. If we remove the Bible from schools, we will spend time and money punishing crimes that we could have prevented by teaching young people morals. Wow, imagine that, what a concept. Without religion, the Bible, God's instruction book, there can be no virtue. Without virtue, there can be no liberty. Furthermore, liberty is the object of our government. If we teach the Bible, we can always enjoy freedom. The government took the Bible and prayer out of schools in America in 1961. I was six. I don't remember either way. However, this makes me stop and think how different my life would have been like if I had had a solid Bible-based upbringing rather than the fake religious instruction, and I put that in quotes, of the Roman Catholic Church. And if you're not familiar with my testimony, you can click on over to my blog, and I have links to that um, at the bottom of my blog. The biblical Christian church failed the subsequent generations. They should have fought the removal of the Bible from schools and prayer from schools. The church is the weakest it has ever been. Consequently, its vision of godliness is gone. And we read in Proverbs 28, um, verse two, when there is moral rot within a nation, its government topples easily, but wise and knowledgeable leaders bring stability. Jesus told us to build a solid foundation, Matthew 7, starting in verse 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the wind beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Clearly, that is his teaching, not the watered down, twisted, corrupted, false teachings of Catholic and woke churches. How can we tell if we are hearing in our church, if what we're hearing in our church is a true gospel? We must rely on the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth to help us discern. And I heard this quote today by uh, General Jerry Boykin. Boykin, as long as we can pray, God can move. God promised us through the prophet Isaiah, um, in Isaiah 1, starting verse 15, when you lift up your hands in prayer, I will not look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen, for your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. 
defend the cause of orphans, fight for the rights of widows. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, crimson, I will make them as white as wool. If you will only obey me, you will have plenty to eat. But if you turn away and refuse to listen, you will be devoured by the sword of your enemies. I, the Lord, have spoken. Have you found freedom in Christ? Now, if you're not sure of your Savior, not if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way, non-stop ticket to heaven after you die or that you won't be left behind at the rapture, which can happen at any moment. This is what you have to do. Believe. Have faith that Jesus is the Christ and he died taking your sins away forever and that he rose from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins. Stop sinning. Do a complete 180 degree turn in your life and surrender your life to him. Be baptized by water baptism. Show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ. Receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. So what are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and the confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes. Or you can click on over to my blog, click where it says, How to Know Jesus. In the bottom of today's blog, I embedded um, a fairly modern uh, song called Freedom Reigns. And then I had to put a couple of patriotic songs of the I Sing and America the Beautiful. Happy birthday, America. Soli Leo Gloria. Scott alone, be the glory. If you're just starting to read the Bible and prefer to hold a book in your hands rather than use an app, it's a good idea to get a study Bible. But which version or translation is best? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain, everyday English. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and the thousands, stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version, and that was great for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New Living Translation. I'm an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen two study Bibles that would be great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. 
Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.